morning, everyone. Good, good morning to Owen with a, I think it's a brownie in there. Um, oh, it's cucumbers, healthy choices. That's great. Welcome uh, this morning to Kingsway. If uh, you're visiting with us, we're super glad you're here. Uh, if you're not a church person and someone just sort of brought you or, or maybe just got up and figured out, I'll go do something different today, we're really glad that you're here with us as well. I uh, hope you enjoy our time uh, together. Um, why don't we just open with a word of prayer and we'll go from there. Father, thank you for this morning. Thanks for the great morning we've had so far. Just uh, considering everything that you've done for us and, and what a good day it is. What a good day it is. Lord, as we just take this couple moments uh, here this morning, just open our hearts to you, just to, to reflect on uh, who you are and what you've done. Lord, I just pray that uh, your presence would be sensed by every person and even more than that, your voice would be heard. Uh, may our lives be different uh, as we leave this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it is, uh, it's Good Friday. Uh, for those of you, that's, I'm, I'm assuming you know that because uh, you're here. Uh, and we are, we are, you know, as we think about Good Friday, it means different things to different people, right? It's, uh, for some, it's a Good Friday because it's a, it's a day off work. There you go. Hey, long weekend. Day off school uh, makes it a Good Friday. But, you know, when we think about what we're actually doing this morning. It's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite different. We're celebrating the death of someone. Uh, that's not something we often do. We'll have celebrations of life, but to have a celebration of death, celebrating death seems a little inappropriate. Even if, even if it was a bad person, we still think you probably shouldn't be celebrating that someone has died. And yet, um, here we are celebrating the death of an incredibly good person, an incredibly good man. And uh, today we celebrate uh, because we know the end of the story. We're sharing in the earlier service, you know, if you, if you watch the Leaf Highlights you know, the, the, the day after the game, and you know it doesn't look good because it never looks good with them, but if you know the score already, you know that it's gonna, they're going to pull it out and they're going to win. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to read Hardy Boy books. Uh, anybody read Hardy Boys? That's like way back. Uh, but Hardy Boys were like the, like the scariest book for a 12-year-old boy. I'd read them all day, and I wasn't a fast reader, and by the time I got to nighttime, if I wasn't finished... I wouldn't be able to sleep because I had to know, is Frank and Joe going to die? You know, the, and so I would, before I'd go to bed, I'd flip to the end of the book and I'd read the last couple, oh good, their names are still there, they're still alive, I can go to sleep. And it's the same thing really with Good Friday is that we're celebrating death, but knowing that a few days from now, Jesus would do what no one has ever done before. He would rise from the dead, and that is just an incredibly, incredibly powerful story. Uh, if you've been with us for the last 14 weeks, as a church, we've been studying the life of Jesus. And uh, a couple days ago when I came home, my son, he ran up to me when I got home. He's like, Dad, Dad, can I read a story to you? And I was like... Uh, yeah, sure, I, I got some time. So I sat down on his bed, and he read this story to me, and it just grabbed me, and it kind of encapsulated a lot of the stuff that we've talked about over the last number of weeks. And so I'm actually going to ask my six-year-old son, Finn, to come and read it for you. So would you join me up here, buddy? The Tale of Three Trees. Once upon a mountain top, three trees dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. I want to hold treasure, the first tree said. I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in the whole world. I want to be a strong sailing ship, the second tree said. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. I don't want to leave this mountain top at all, the, sec the third tree said. I want to grow so tall that when people look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I'll be the tallest tree in the world. 
One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. With a swoop of the first man's axe, the first tree fell. With a swish of the second man's axe, the second tree fell. With a slash of the third man's axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to the carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a, a feed box for animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to the shipyard, but no mighty sailing ships were built that day. Instead, the once strong tree was made into a simple fishing boat. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in the lumberyard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. And suddenly, the second tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat when a storm arose. The, the second tree shuddered, but when the traveler stretched out his hand and said, Peace, the storm stopped, and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the woodpile. She shivered when she was dragged through the angry crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree in the world.
may be seated. You know, as we think of the story we just heard of three trees on a hill and a uh, symbol of love, that final tree just of the, that God has for the whole world, uh, not just for the world, but for you uh, and for me. No matter what your age or thoughts or beliefs or whatever, God loves you and was willing to prove it. Uh, we think sometimes, what does the death of a man 2,000 years ago have to do with me today? What does that have to do with this? You know, we're celebrating Good Friday, but what really makes Good Friday good? And so to elaborate on that a little bit, we're just going to watch this video. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God, our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. 
We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. stand as we just honor our risen Savior with these couple songs. Say. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty? Is so much stronger. The King of glory. The King above all kings. shakes the whole Shines like the sun in all its brilliance. 
may be seated. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name. You know, this story that we read earlier of three trees reminds me of another story of three trees on a, on a hill. And, uh, you know, it's thought about uh, this, this Good Friday and so many different things we could talk about uh, that happened uh, that are so impactful yet for us today on that one day. But really, I just felt led the challenge this morning to, to challenge you with the thought that Good Friday is really all about choices. Choices. Every one of you made choices this morning. You chose what to wear, chose whether to have breakfast or not have breakfast. You chose either the 9 o'clock or the 10.30 service. You chose a parking spot. You, you chose who you talked to, who you didn't. You chose a cookie. You, you made a lot of choices this morning. Most of the choices you made this morning were not life-altering. You know, it's, uh, maybe you had double breakfast, but you can work it off later. You know, maybe you're like, you said something to your wife on the way, but you can apologize later. It wasn't like there was like these major, major choices that mattered for, for the rest of your life. But then many of us, probably all of us, unless you're really young, have made some choices that affect the rest of your life. You know, uh, anybody heard of marriage? It affects the rest of your life, you know, or the career you chose or different things that uh, you decided to, to do or not do. Maybe things that you, you know, you, you decided as far as your relationships were concerned that have affected the rest of your life. As I think about the story of choices, uh, I, I was reminded of, of Luke. Luke was a, he's not a Jesus follower. Um, he wasn't there when Jesus was alive, but he, he knew all the people who knew Jesus. And so he would talk to them and, and ask them, the eyewitnesses, the people who saw it. He said, can you tell me? Tell me the stories about Jesus. And he says, I want the truth. I want to write an account so that somebody down the road can read it someday. And here we are in a country, you know, in a different country, a different language, reading the words that he penned about this incredible person named Jesus. And he writes about the death of Jesus, the day we call Good Friday, like this. He says, Jesus was being led out uh, to be crucified. And says in Luke 23, verse 32, that two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. And when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, probably words we wouldn't say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. The soldiers gambled for clothes. By throwing dice, the crowds watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others. They said, let him save himself. You know, if he's really God's Messiah, if he's really the chosen one, the soldiers mocked him too. They joined in by offering him a drink of sour wine. In verse 37, they called out to him, if you're the king of the Jews, why don't you save yourself? A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. They thought in mockery, having no idea who he was. Verse 39 says that one of the criminals who was hanging beside him scoffed and said, So you're the Messiah, are you? <laughs> well, prove it. Why don't you prove it by saving yourself? And while you're at it, save us too. But the other criminal on the other side protested and said, Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? He tells his fellow criminal, We deserve to die for our crimes. We deserve to die for our sins, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he turned to Jesus and he said these words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
knowing that it wasn't just about this life, knowing that there was more to this life than just this life. Verse 43, Jesus replied to him, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Think of the words of crucifixion. We don't, we don't really, none of us have witnessed a crucifixion. You know, we don't do that in this country. Nobody does anymore. Crucifixion was something that was, that was um, designed by the Greeks, and then it was perfected by the Romans. This, this torturous death that would bring the most possible shame and discomfort to a person. I can't really describe it in detail here because there's kids here. But I would encourage you to think about what, what it actually is like, what crucifixion is really like, what Jesus actually did for us. See, the crucifixion was common back then. Thousands of people, thousands of people were crucified and thousands of, um, uh, of crucifixions, uh, those were inflicted on, on, on thousands, but only one person chose it. Only one person ever chose crucifixion. See, Good Friday is a day of choices. And Jesus chose a cross. He, he you know, it wasn't that, um, it wasn't that uh, they, they took his life. He told his disciples, they were shocked when they thought, when they heard that, you know, Jesus was going to die. They just did not picture that happening. And yet he had told them time after time, fellas, I'm going to die. And they're like, oh yeah, someday, like all the great, the great leaders, you'll die someday when you're old. He's like, no, it's going to be sooner than you think. And then uh, he would tell them, he says, no one's taken my life. I'm willingly laying it down. They're like, no one does that. No one willingly lays down their life. And yet as the night progressed, they watch as it happened. As Judas, a friend of Jesus, betrays him, Jesus willingly, willingly submits to his friend's betrayal. He willingly goes along with this crowd of men. He didn't have to. He gets to this trial, this mock trial, where they speak lies about him one after another after another. And he willingly remains silent and just listens to what they say, never defending himself. He listens as Pilate ultimately says, uh, hands him a death sentence and he submits to that. He submits to the whipping, to the torture and to the nails of the Romans on their Roman cross. But no one took his life. He chose it. He chose it. And he chose it. He chose a cross so that we could have a choice. He chose a cross so those two criminals could have a choice. And he chose death so that we could choose life. You know, those two criminals, they also had a choice that day. One chose to mock, just join in with all the crowd and be like, I'm too cool for that. Yeah, Jesus, sure, you're the Savior. If you're the Savior, why don't you save yourself? Prove it. Save yourself and save us. I think Jesus would probably have had to say to him, listen, if I save me, I can't save you. I'm here for you and because of you. But he never let him get a word in edgewise. You know, most of the people there thought Jesus was coming to save them from Roman rule, the situation they were in. A lot of times that's what people think now. Oh God, just save me from the situation I'm in. God, just fix everything. He said, I didn't come to save you from the situation. I came to save you from something far more, far more difficult. I came to save you from your condition. Roman rule is not the problem. You ruling you is the problem. Sin ruling you is the problem. And I came to save you from that. See, the other, the other guy on the other side recognized what I think every human being needs to recognize. Needs to recognize the fact that we are indeed sinners. That we are indeed in, in need of a Savior. He chose to trust. He, chose, he, he, said, he said the words, I deserve to die for my crimes. I deserve to die for my sins. Sin's not a word we like. It's kind of even uncomfortable hearing it this morning. Some of you are like, why did I come? 
Sin's not a fun word. Most of us would rather say we just make mistakes. You know, they're kind of little. But this thing of sin, it affects us all. The thing that we don't like about it is we never chose it. You know, you didn't choose the family you were born into. Some of you would have said, no, I would have chosen a different one. You know who you are. <laughs> See, but we, we didn't choose that. We didn't choose the family. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is we also didn't choose that we would be born sinners, that we would be born before a baby, you know, those cute babies downstairs, before they do anything wrong, they're already sinners. We, they didn't choose to be born into that. The thing is, though, when we were all given the chance to choose, we willingly chose sin, no problem. We willingly made a choice at some point in our life to say, I want to be the, I want to be the master. I want to be the one in control. I want to be, I want to be the, the, you know, the captain of my own ship. The, you know, I want to control my destiny. I, I want to be my own God. We maybe didn't say it in those words, but we thought, yeah, that sounds fun. I know I shouldn't, but I want it. I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter. And we chose it. We chose it. The thing is, which we didn't choose and we didn't realize is that every single one of those choices has a gotcha prepackaged in it. All those choices have this, this fruit that comes later that we sure didn't choose that. We didn't even know. Wow, that's going to be fun. And then later on, the fruit is like guilt. Like, well, I, I didn't choose that. You know, we thought, oh, you know, it's just one night. It's all going to be good. And then later on, it was like shame. You know, we chose, ah, I can say this to them. That's all that it is. And later when they said, you know, I'm not staying with you anymore. Pain hopelessness, desperation, despair, death. We did not choose that, or at least we didn't think we were. And yet, yet that's the penalty of it all. And we all have it in common. We were all born starting on this path to imminent destruction. We couldn't save ourselves. Oh, we try. Oh, if I say sorry enough times... But how many of you know sometimes there's things you did that just sorry just doesn't cover? Oh, well, I'll do better. And you do do better, but you can't undo what's been done before. And we end up on this path that unless someone steps in to save us, we're doomed. We're doomed. And that's why Good Friday is good, because God sent His Son to step in, to step in and make that decision, make that choice to say, You've racked up a massive debt that you can't pay. I will pay it for you. I will pay it for you. He stepped in. He chose to pay a debt that we owed. And what a price it was. See, that the cross is not just, oh, you know, that's what happened. That was the price for my sin and for your sin. I'm going to ask the team to come. I'll leave you with a couple thoughts here this morning. You know Jesus' final words on the cross? <laughs> His final words on the cross were, it is finished. It is finished. Those words actually mean it is paid in full. It was like an accounting term. The debt is, has been paid in full. And that's true. That's true for every one of us. My sin's completely paid for. Yours is completely paid for. The criminal on both sides of the cross, it was paid for. And yet, it still required a choice. Because not only did Jesus have a choice to choose the cross, not only did those two criminals have a choice what, 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 what they would do with Jesus that day, but you have a choice right here this morning. Good Friday is a day of choice. And I'd be amiss if I didn't let you know that. And, and, and you can't actually leave this place without making a choice. 
by, by deciding not to do anything with what you hear today, that is a choice. That is a choice. And my heart, I've seen so much pain in this world and knowing that the pain to come is even worse. We beg of you to make a choice to choose Good Friday to be true for you. See, Jesus did it all the time. When he was out there, he saw crowds, lots of people, and they thought, I can hide in the crowd. But Jesus would walk through, and he would call out individuals, one person, and everyone's eyes all of a sudden look away. <laughs> He'd call out one person and say, hey, you hurting? You empty? Life weighing you down? You got a burden here that you can't undo? He would say to them, come to me. Come to me. I know what to do with this. He didn't say, come to church. So maybe that's what you thought it was. He didn't say, come keep the Ten Commandments. Come behave better. He simply said, I know none of that stuff's going to help. Come to me. Come to me. Come to Jesus. So my question this morning is, regardless of whether you've come to church, have you come to Jesus? And today, where do you find yourself? As we talk about this, where do, we, where do you find yourself today? And what will you choose? I want to give you a chance just to listen to the words of this song. But just to really think about that this morning. God's calling you. What are you going to do?
Powerful words, powerful truth. It's a man named Paul. I'll leave you with this thought. Paul was a man who I believe hated Christ. He definitely hated his followers. Probably would have been there if he could be. Maybe he was at that crucifixion, but he was at a whole lot more <laughs> where Jesus' followers were. Their lives were ended simply for following Christ. And this man with so much hatred so much anger towards God, so much. The, the, the last person we think that God would be looking for. God reached out to him one day. He realized his need for a Savior. So absolutely changed his life. He began to tell others all over the world, plant these things we call churches. One in Rome, he said these words to them. It wasn't just to them. It was to anyone who would ever read it. And he says this, when we, when you, when I, when we were utterly helpless, when we found ourselves in a place where, like that criminal on the cross, I'm a sinner without a chance, without hope. He says Christ came at just the right time. He died for us while we were sinners. Now, most people, they wouldn't be willing to die for an upright or a good person. Someone might be willing to die for a person who's really, really good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When we weren't especially good, when we didn't deserve it, that's what he did for us. And since we've been made right with God, 
by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. He says, so now, today we can rejoice. Good Friday, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Oh, man. How incredibly true. See, the, the, the thing is, it's true. It is finished. It's done. Everything has been paid. It's paid in full. But I leave you with this thought. There is still a choice to be made on your side. How do I do it, Mark? What do I do? The choice is this. Will you choose to acknowledge that you are indeed a sinner? Will you choose to acknowledge that? It's a humbling thing for sure. But I look around, I see faces of the lives of people who've done this and are changed as a result. Ah, I don't think any of them would ever have said, ah, it wasn't worth it. I wish I could go back. Man, but it takes that. Will you acknowledge that? Will you acknowledge that I need a Savior? I can't save myself. Rather than trying to do it on your own by going to church or being a good person or whatever you think it is, would you acknowledge that you need a Savior? And then would you choose to trust that what He did on a cross nearly 2,000 years ago was enough? That you're not trying to behave better, but you're just, Jesus, here's my life, and I trust that what you've done is enough to wash it all away. I commit my life to following you. It's not just a sinner's prayer. It's not just, oh, say a prayer and you're good. He called us to something way more than that and way better than that, and that is life with him. For now, but not just for now, forever. Today, a choice you make could change the rest of your life and the rest of eternity. Can we pray? Father, thanks for this morning, the truth of today, the goodness of Good Friday, the goodness of you. Thank you for seeing me when I was lost and broken and coming to find me. Thank you for putting words in my heart that I just knew that it was you. And I pray that for people around this room today, that they would just realize it's you calling them. It's you calling them. Because you love them. Because you love them. God, I know there's so many things that try and distract us or cause us from following you, whether it's friendships or peer pressure or just the thoughts of what you might take. God, would they just see clearly today of what you gave and what they can have in you, the freedom that those nails paid for, the forgiveness, the new life. Father, I pray as we leave this place today that we would be fully aware of the fact that we take you wherever we go. As we come across paths of people who are broken and hurting, Help us to know and to share the answer, the life, the love that you have for them. May they see you in us, alive in us. Thanks for the chance to just spend time together thinking about your amazing goodness. We honor you this morning for it. It's in your name I pray. Amen. A man on the cross knew that it was more than just this life. <laughs> His life probably didn't go on too many more hours after that moment where he said, Jesus, remember me. But Jesus said, I, I will. You trust in me. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. It's for eternity. And you know, the thing is, life ended in that spot, but so did death. The power of death ended in that, in that moment. It's the same for us. No need to be afraid of dying because we know we're going. We know where we spend eternity with him. But that doesn't just end. It doesn't start then. It starts 
today. There's a song we've been singing here at Kingsway called Death Was Arrested. Death was arrested and my life began. I believe this morning that that is true for many people around this place. As you recognize, yeah, death is arrested. Death is done. Death has been taken care of. My life has begun. I ask you to join me. Sing these words of truth as we proclaim it, as we end this morning.
truth of those words, we go out today free, free, forever. We are free because of what you've done for us. May we never forget it. May we live it out today and every day in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for spending Good Friday with us. Hopefully you have an awesome rest of the day. We have services tomorrow night at 7. There'll be our Easter services tomorrow at 7 and Sunday morning will be the same. Might be more space tomorrow night. I'd uh, love to see you there. And otherwise, 9.45 Sunday morning, go be a light. Have a great week.